Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester CXCast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. My name is Deanna Laufer, along with my co-host Sam Stern. You'll hear our voice each week. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CX Cast. My name is Deanna Laufer, and I'm joined by my co-host Sam Stern. Hello. And senior analyst Tony Costa of the customer experience team. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. Tony's here today to talk about his research on innovation. Now, innovation is a hot topic in the news. It seems like a day doesn't go by when there's a Harvard Business Review or Fast Company or something article about innovation. <laughs> but customer experience professionals, why should our clients care about innovation? Well, you're right that innovation is just an incredibly hot topic right now. When I was doing the research for this report, there was about a two-week period where every single day I came in, there was a new book released, a new article published in HBR or Wall Street Journal. Every single day, something new was coming up. Um, but what was interesting is none of these articles really looked at it from the perspective of a customer experience professional. And so one of the things I'm trying to do in this research is really look at innovation from that perspective, that is a customer experience professional, why should you care about this? And a couple things really come up that I think are, are key for customer experience professionals. Um, the first one is that you know, differentiation is something that you need to maintain in order to have relevance to customers and stake out your position in the marketplace. But in many cases, it's very elusive. It's sort of is fleeting. You know, today, if you come out with an innovation, it takes competitors less and less time to, to knock that idea off. You know, case in point, USAA a number of years ago came out with mobile check caching. It took about nine months. Um, I think it was Chase Bank that came out with a similar feature. It took about nine months to knock that feature off. And now it's commonplace at pretty much every bank. And it's just something that's purely expected. So what is differentiating today, next week, next month, a year from now, isn't going to be differentiating. So you constantly have to be sort of refreshing your offering, putting something new out there. Um, and that also leads into this idea that, you know, customer expectations are in some sense a moving target that customers are being exposed to new things out there all the time, and they're changing their expectations of what they want from a company that you know, mobile check caching is simply table stakes today. Well, what's the new thing you have to offer? And you know, I kind of like to think of this as this idea of the, the, the diminishing half-life of delight, and that what's delightful today very quickly gets stale over time. And that if you're not constantly refreshing, putting something new in front of the customer all the time, there's this perception that nothing is happening, that we expect things to get better all the time. Right? We look forward to the iPhone update, the new software update, the new download, the new content to sort of refresh the offering. And if you're not doing that, you just sort of have delivering the same thing. You're not delivering me anything new in terms of value. Why do you think these expectations are rising so rapidly? Is the competitive environment sort of especially strong right now? Competitors definitely play a role in it. So you're seeing new entrants come into the marketplace. I kind of like that JP Diamond, uh, the CEO of JP Morgan Chase, uh, he recently talked about, in a couple articles, about Silicon Valley coming and, Wall, in some sense, Wall Street being under threat from Silicon Valley firms because they're so much more agile, they're more um, in tune with customer needs, and they're able to sort of deliver things in a time frame and an ability that banks today can't. So they're talking about, you know, being able to get loans within hours. That doesn't mean banks can't eventually get there, but new, new, these new ventures are sort of putting forth these new expectations. In the same way, you know, Uber changed expectations around sort of taxi travel, if you will, right? It's a whole new level of experience. And if you're not able to deliver that level of experience today, 
you're somehow behind the curve. And if you want to be Uber, it's not just about having what Uber has, but you need to go above and beyond what Uber has and deliver something even better to unseat them. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Uber, and I think when people think about innovation, they do think about Uber or the iPhone or the Nintendo Wii, things that sort of reinvented their category. Mm -hmm. Are these the types of things that CX pros should focus their innovation efforts on, on creating this sort of next big thing that's going to take off? I think they need to think about innovation in a couple different ways. One is that, yes, there are these big innovations. There are these sort of category-defining you know, reinventions of experiences like the iPhone, like Uber, that are out there. Um, those are important, but the reality is you can't do those every week. Right? Companies just can't launch those on a daily basis. Um, you also need to think about small innovations, which are just as meaningful, um, and take the experience to the next level in sort of small but very tangible and meaningful ways to customers. One of the things I like is that Audi, one of the things they do is when they present keys to a customer when they purchase the car, it comes in a little teeny red wooden box. And you basically open the box and you take out your keys, and it's almost like a little ceremony that they put forth. When you sit in the car for the first time, they actually adjust the seat um, for you, and they basically bring in a lot of their heritage. So they go back to the racing and how basically fitting a car to the driver is one part of performance story, but also a safety story, and bring that heritage from the racing part of their business into the consumer side of the business and make it a part of that experience. You know, these are small little innovations that they're bringing to that experience, and those are just as important as rethinking the overall experience. So they're making these small tweaks, but they're doing things that their competitors aren't, so it stands out as um, something differentiated for them. Yeah, and you could think about, you know, you may do a big innovation, but that doesn't mean you could sit on your laurels for the next three years, right? You still have to keep refining that, making it fresh, right? Uber, they did the black car originally, then they had the SUVs, then they did Uber X. You know, now they're looking at product delivery and other types of services they could layer on top of it. They're not, those aren't reinventions, but they're ways of constantly to add new value to that new experience they created to keep it fresh for consumers, to keep it top of mind, and to demonstrate that they're continuing to deliver value to you over time. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you know, the something like Uber or the iPhone or the Wii in, in its day, you know, reset co consumer expectations, right? They, they, they elevate them there. And so you're almost, when you roll out the big innovation, you're just setting yourself up to now have to continue to iterate and deliver ever-increasing, um, you know, surprises or, or value through it, or it becomes the old thing and stale like Wii sort of has. And whereas the iPhone, they keep rolling out new versions and keep progressing it. And as you said, Uber keeps um, innovating their service to provide new options, provide new uh, value to customers. That, that yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah, there's a very much, you know, what have you done for me lately mentality. Yeah. And, and this, we're just being conditioned to always expect this because companies are doing this, right? Apple, right? They roll out software updates all the time. Um, Adobe, it seems like every day they send out some new update for software. Um, whether or not those are meaningful updates is a different question, but you know, companies are trying to refresh offerings all the time to keep new value out there, and so you're conditioned to expect that new thing all the time. Yeah. So customer experience professionals, um, you, you've sort of given us some ideas of how they can think about innovation. Uh, I mean, how do they sort of work with, with their colleagues on this, right? Because I would imagine this is not something that is solely uh, the, the provenance, the responsibility of the CX team, right? I mean, there, there's there's all different parts of an organization that are thinking about innovation and thinking of it from different perspectives, right? Yeah, I mean, just like a normal CX effort, uh, I mean, CX is very much a team-based effort. It's yeah. part of the organization. If you think about, you know, the ecosystem supporting an experience, 
um, innovation, CX innovation is very much similar that when you when CX pros approach innovation, they need to think it from that perspective. They don't own the product. They don't own the experience. Um, they may have a certain purview or remit around the experience and, and facilitating it. And that same mentality needs to come to uh, innovation efforts and really view it more as a team effort. Um, and how do you get all the players in the company to start innovating in a customer-centric way yeah. versus saying, you know, I'm going to be the champion. I'm going to come and invent the next big innovation for the company and then try and push it into the company. Uh, it, it's much more effective to actually work with the team to do that. So they're almost leading the innovation efforts from behind, in a, in a manner of speaking, right? They're getting others to take that on and, and make sure that it sort of is customer-centric in, in its approach? Yeah, there's a, there's a certain culture element to that. Um, but also, if you think about it as, you know, facilitating the process or, or encouraging the process, creating the, the framework or the grounds for these types of things to happen. You know, I like to think about it creating an innovator, not an innovation, mm. right? If you could turn your employees into innovators and teach them how to innovate, in a customer-centric way, you as a CX practitioner with a limited budget and resources, you don't have to take it all on yourself. Everyone in the company can start looking at it from that perspective. Yeah. Any any examples that, that spring to mind that uh, of companies who have done a good job of doing that, of, of, of sort of fostering that innovator mindset across their organization? Yeah, you see it. Um, Adobe has a pretty interesting program. They have a thing called Adobe Kickbox, which they've given out over a thousand to date. Uh, this is a, basically a a step-by-step -step kit that they'll give employees to get a box. You basically have to go to a two-day training session where they introduce you the principles, the concepts, they kind of teach you the basics of how to do it. Then you go back and you take this box and it walks you through the step of you know, coming up with an idea, how do you refine the idea, how do you test it with customers, how do you validate, how do you refine that idea over time. It's a very sort of design thinking based process where you're testing and refining and prototyping the idea, proving the value, gathering the data you need, um, to get to the point where you can actually present it to an executive and have a true case for why it's important and how it adds value. Um, and they're even doing kind of interesting things with that where um, they bundle in the box things like a Starbucks gift card so you can get out of the office and go take some time by yourself, sit in a Starbucks and think about ideas, talk about it with others. Uh, they even include a $1,000 prepaid card in the box, um, which is basically anything the employee wants to spend it on. No expense accounts, no receipts, nothing. It's purely an incentive there to help you get to take your idea to the next level, to purchase the things you need to do to make a prototype or to test things out, to hire somebody to help you with it. Um, and it's really sort of a, it's kind of a dual thing. One is it gives you the resources, but also it sort of becomes this, this imperative that I have a thousand dollars to spend on an idea. I'm not going to waste this. And so it becomes a call to action for them and, and it prompts them to sort of force them to do something with that idea versus just sort of stick it up on the wall and never do anything with it. Ups the stakes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it puts accountability behind it. Yeah. So I think that's a great example. Um, are there other ways that you would recommend that CX pros can foster innovation in their organizations? Yeah, so there's a couple things. Um, one thing that you have to sort of do is really sort of enable experimentation to take place. That's kind of what Adobe is doing through their kick, kickbox process. There are other ways um, companies are doing that. They're setting up, you know, sort of incubators or labs or sort of beta test facilities. Scott Trade has a thing called Launching Pad, where um, if you have an idea, you could put anything up from a napkin sketch to a prototype. And any Scott Trade customer can go to the Launching Pad. And to date, I think the last number they gave me was 80,000 customers have found their way into this area on their website and given feedback on ideas. And so this becomes a very good way to do that. You should also think about, you know, how do you eliminate some of those roadblocks in your organization that inhibit employees from getting an idea out to customers? 
right? How do you get legal approval? How do you get the brand people to look at it? How do you set up a website? How do you get in front of customers? If you have to figure this out by yourself as an employee, it's going to take you years to figure all of that out. Um, so anything you can do to sort of expedite that process is sort of goodness. And you can think about it, you know, what's the experience of employees of having these ideas, right? Just like you want to remove friction from customers, right? You don't want to have customers jumping through the hoops to try and do business with you. You don't want employees jumping through hoops to try to innovate, right? You want to knock down as much as that as possible so you can almost view it as a customer experience project of how do I make innovation from an employee's perspective as easy and as simple as possible. Especially because it's probably not their primary um, duty or role most of the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. They're, they're more e easily discouraged, right, if you are putting up hurdles mm -hmm. in front of them. I, I like that framing of it, too. You know, if you think about customers, what do we want them to be able to accomplish so that our business is, is successful? If we think of em employee ideas for products or services or improvements to existing ones as an outcome we want to foster, what can we do to make it as easy and as likely as possible that they'll be able to do that? Yeah. So Marriott, yeah. one of the things they do is they actually have looked at how do we augment internal efforts? So they don't necessarily always come up with ideas themselves. They go out to parts of the businesses that have ideas, find those ideas, and work with those stakeholders to sort of take them to the next level. And they've started looking at, you know, how do we bring in resources on the fly where they're needed? You know, Marriott, one of the things they did is they looked at, you know, how do we bring in iOS developers sort of within 24 hours to help with a project? Or if you're trying to do something point of sale, how do you bring in an expert in that category to come in and help that effort? These might not be resources you have in-house, but how do you get them on short notice to bring them in to sort of keep people moving forward on the project without, you know, having to bog down and find these resources elsewhere? Right. I've also seen people do matchmaking, that if you do need to figure out, you know, how to get something done in a company, you know, how do you just find the person <laughs> you need to talk to to get that done? Right. And so they're starting to connect people and companies to each other and basically being an expediter of how do we help you get that thing done. That's interesting. Um, so Tony... Where can our listeners learn more about uh, this topic of innovation? Because I know this isn't this is sort of a new body of work for you. So, do you have any reports coming out soon? Yep, we have one in the hopper right now that should be out hopefully within a month or so. Um, that's called "How CX Pros Innovate," and that's very much a how-to. It sort of looks at some of the mechanics of what CX Pros are doing. I also have one I'm working on right now that should be out in the next couple months around why CX pros need to be focused on innovation and sort of makes the case for that. Um, as well is this coming forum, uh, the CX Forum East in New York this year. I think that's in mid-June. June 16th and 17th. Yep. So I'll be giving a presentation there, a keynote on CX innovation. And so you can hear about it there as well. Okay. So you can read Tony's research, I think, in May and June and see and hear Tony in mid-June in New York. Live in person. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tony, for joining us. And thank you, listeners, for uh, listening to another CXCast. Welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CXCast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in this episode in the podcast show notes. For questions or suggestions, please contact me at D-L-A-U-F-E-R at Forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality. Mm -hmm.